Good morning. This is the Blaine Toro Podcast that can be found each week on Facebook, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can also listen in on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and get more information at our website, which is www.blainesworld.net. I'm your host, Blaine Greenfield. I'm here in my Zoom studio in lovely downtown Fairview, North Carolina. And each week we focus on positive news and information about people and organizations in both Western North Carolina and throughout the country. And to that end, it's my pleasure to introduce not two guests today, but three guests. And this is really exciting because, uh, guys, I have to tell you, this is the, the youngest guest I've ever had on the uh, show. So I'm very excited. And uh, I'd like to have you meet Will. Uh, Will Ez- it's Ezel, right? Mm-hmm. I have it right. And Kirsten Ezel. And, and it's uh, Julian Ezel. And you yeah. wave Julian. Okay, that's that's <laughs> Julian Ezel. And um very exciting. Like I said, the first time there he goes. Okay, very good. And um what we do each week, we try to focus on individuals and um organizations in the West North Carolina uh, area primarily who are doing good stuff. And certainly um applies to the two people or three people I'm speaking with now who are doing really good stuff for SOT, which is a Southern Appalachian Repertory Theater in Mars Hill. The first question I ask guys, I had that pleasure of, of uh, interviewing Will on a previous show. So this is the first time, um, Kirsten, I've gotten to speak with you. It's, mm-hmm. Ke- do I have it right, Kirsten? Yes. Okay, Kirsten. Yeah. And so Kirsten, the question I ask you, as a child, you grew up where? In Houston, Texas. Okay, and as a child growing up in Houston, Texas, did you always know you wanted to be in theater? No, <clears throat> uh, I was a dancer primarily. <laughs> Okay, so when did you get the, well, even the dancing, when did you start dancing? I started dancing at four. Okay, right. And um, so you were in different shows at the age of four. When did you do your first theater? Um, my freshman year of high school, they opened the senior musical to a high school musical. And that was my first one. Okay, and what was that musical? Do you remember? Annie. Annie. And did you, what was your, were you Annie? No, I was oh. dream Annie, so still <laughs> primarily dance. <laughs> well, I, I ask you that because Will, um, you may remember I once mentioned this idea, but I still have this idea. Nobody's done it, Will, yet. But I want everybody to recreate their very first role, you know. So as a fundraiser for SAW, wouldn't that be cool? Like, mm. you as dream Annie, do you have a, a video recording of that? I do. Oh, yes. do you really? Okay, so you have it. I'm saying this could be something you could pass on to Julian. Julian could see his, his mom in the very first performance. And so you, you were dream Annie. How did your career go from that point in time? Um, I think the next, I continued to do theater throughout school. Uh, we did Grace and Into the Woods. I was the narrator in Into the Woods. Um, and then I went on to college to get my theater costuming degree at Sam Houston State. And so I assume you've done then lots of costuming for shows. Yes, yes, I and, have. And did you do the show? Did you do the costume for the upcoming show we're going to be talking about? Uh, I did not do it this time. Will did it this time, but I did it in 2020 when we first did Church Basement Ladies. Oh, okay. So remind me about that, and that's the show we'll be talking about. So, so I did Church Basement Ladies. I'm trying to think how I saw it. Then it was a live performance, or was it Zoom? It was a live performance. It was before COVID had shut everything down. And in the middle of the run, in the middle of the run, COVID shut the university down. And so SART got shut down as well. We were actually at the theater getting ready for our performance on Thursday. Uh, the, the second 
weekend the second weekend. And now it now I realize why I didn't see it because I was in a show during that time as well. And as you said, it it only showed Magnetic, for right. Yeah, it only showed for three performances. So I, I wanted to see this show, so I'll get a chance to, to see it now. And so talk a little bit about then this particular show, and we'll kind of rotate between the two of you. Uh, you're doing the Church Basement Ladies. And for the benefit of the folks who don't know what the show is about, can you kind of give the Reader's Digest version of it? What's the show about? Uh, the church, it's about four women who work in the church basement of a Lutheran church in rural Minnesota in the 1960s. And the um, show also, how, how did Sartre choose that particular show? Well, I'm not sure the answer to that, but it's a great fit for Sartre because... Well, you think so, yeah. Yes, um, because of our audience. Um, we have a lot of audience members who know these church ladies in one fashion or another, no matter what their uh, denomination may be. We've had several church groups that have come to see the show, and they all enjoy it a lot because of that, because it's it's kind of universal. And if you if you go to church, you know these ladies. Yeah. And, and I'm not, I'm not okay. familiar with it. So tell me a little bit about then, like these ladies. Like, did you grow up in, in terms of going to church with church basement ladies? Oh yes, my mom was one. Um, we at the First Baptist Church in I think Snyder. Um, she worked in the basement of the church as a cook because they had uh, they would serve lunch on Sunday and then for special events and things like that. And so mm -hmm. I remember being down there in the kitchen with her while she was cooking. Do churches still do this? Serve uh, meals on Sundays? I believe so. But Baptist churches? Okay, that's cool. So the show also we should mention is kind of like an upbeat show, right? It has music yeah. as well. Uh-huh. It's a musical comedy. Um, it's very, very funny. Um, a lot of people that have come through the line at the end of the show have said, I didn't know it was going to be so funny. It is It is very funny. Um, but it's also got a great heart to it. Mm -hmm. Talk about age groups of people who see. Is it, uh, would you say it's appropriate for kids, uh, Kirsten? Yeah, I think so. I think yes. it's for all ages, really. There, there is one of the ladies is uh, 18, 19, 20, like you see her go to college and get married. So one of the, one of the ladies is young and then the other three range from middle age to elderly. Um, so something you could then bring Julian to, it's, it would be appropriate. For him him to a see couple it. Times. Oh, yes. Has he really? <laughs> Does he like it or has he yeah. time with it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it depends on how fussy he is that day. <laughs> okay, so, well, it seems it's too bad we don't have a night performance tonight. He seems ready to go for this performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you mentioned Kirsten, he just was sleeping. So I guess he got so excited about being on, on, on a performance here. This could be his, oh, yeah. his per first performance. Or he could be on TV. Yeah. What's cool about this, Kirsten, too, talk about first, this is the first time you've directed a show? It is, yes. Yeah. And so how how do you feel about that? Are you enjoying it? Yeah, I actually really did enjoy it. Uh, I told Will the other day that it's uh, a lot by, like choreography, but more in depth. Okay. Now, have you done choreography before? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So it's kind of cool. I guess you've done a little bit of everything when it comes to theater. You performed and choreography. Do you have a favorite thing you, you enjoy doing most? 
Uh, probably choreography and props. Okay. Because <laughs> what I find a lot of directors, they aren't always honest with me about this, but a lot of directors will say they prefer directing to acting. The truth will is they don't want to admit that they don't have to memorize lines that way. You know, so, <laughs> you know it's the easy way out. But that's kind of interesting. In terms of sought direction or the, the play itself, you have a very um, intense uh, schedule in terms of putting on the show. Like you've been at this and I'll have Will talk about this as well, because I know Will, you direct also. You've been preparing for the show for how long? Uh, I, well, I know Kirsten's been preparing for the show since January. Um, realistically, we, we picked the show, Sart picked the show. Um, I, I would bet about last January, January of 2022. Um, it was before I was on board there as uh managing artistic director, but so they, they, because they asked us the cast if we would be interested in doing it again in 2021 and i think we all said yes but one of us had a scheduling issue or lived in a different place and so uh we waited to do it till this year and we did have the whole cast assembled but one of our cast members um got a sort of dream job at Flat Rock Playhouse. And so Kathleen Watson got to go oh, oh. do that there. I would love to see Kathleen. Kathleen, one of my favorite performers as well. Oh, what a shame. But uh, who who replaced Kat, um, her in this? Uh, Carol Dermott. Okay. And talk a little bit about the cast and Will, because um, Carol, I'm very familiar with, very big talent. Who else is in the cast? We have Tabitha Judy as Vivian Snustad and Delina Hensley as Mavis Gilmerson. And um, Kaylee Jackson is playing Carol Dermott's daughter, and her character's name is Sydney. And then Carol's character's name is Karen. Okay, I understand too. You're in the play as well? Yes, and I play the pastor. Okay. <clears throat> I'm trying pastor. to think. If that's typecasting or something, or have I ever seen you as a pastor and something else? Uh, yeah, last oh, I did. I was, I was solo in Hunchback. Yeah, I knew I saw you. So is this now a new thing for you that you, yeah, you need a pastor? Life. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess this role is a little bit different than that one. Yeah, I was evil in the last one and tried <laughs> at the very beginning. Um, in this one, I'm I am I'd say pretty good natured. Um, He's a he's a fun character to play. He's, he's kind of a um, happy-go-lucky type guy. Now this, this takes place where? In rural Minnesota, in a fictional town called Cornucopia. And I have to ask you then, being uh, it said in Minnesota, do we get to hear some Minnesota accents or? Oh yeah, you betcha. <laughs> well, I should have done it. I should have asked Kirsten Will to do the whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> In a Minnesota accent, was was oh, that hard? For- it's hard to stop. When she- <laughs> <laughs> and you have Kirsten speaking to you in Minnesota, and, uh, not do, nearly as often. No, no, <laughs> no, I love it. Do other actors um also have Minnesota accent? Yes, every, everyone in the show does. Now, is is that hard to pick up? Um, n- not for me. It's hard to put down. <laughs> um. Yeah, we. I. I think it came to most of us pretty naturally. That it is. 
one one of the pitfalls of it is sometimes you can get a little too far into it and you start sounding like you're Irish instead of. <laughs> well, I'm saying, well, if we ever do another interview or you're doing another show, and I've never done this, Kirsten, first time I've ever had a, a, somebody as young as your son, but we'll do that sometime <laughs> another show. We'll just have you do it all in the, the you know, the accent of the person. <laughs> That's really funny. So you have to balance the two. How do you learn? How do you pick up an accent like that? Um, I listen. I find like movies set in the place or um, I've listened to podcasts with people from the place. Um, so you hear a lot of them speaking. Um I also, for this one, uh, the director of the first production sent out a video link that had tips on a Minnesota accent that kind of explained how the mouth is shaped and things like that. Who was the director uh, of the first play? Samantha LeBrock. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I know Samantha. Yeah, just I, I'm sure I didn't see it, but I think somebody else did it in North Carolina maybe a long time ago before I saw it because I was at the same weekend. But that must have been tough to open up a show and then not to, to finish it as well. The, um, now the, uh, what was it? Fargo. Was that set in Minnesota also? North Dakota. Oh, North so, Dakota. But same, it's similar kind of accent. Yes. Okay. The people from there call it the Northern accent. <laughs> um, so in a, in a really funny twist of fate, um, the only people from Minnesota that I have ever really known in my life um, are people that we met in Texas at a music festival. And they were the Haug family and then this guy named Chris Shotliff. Um, eventually, Chris Shotliff married the Haug's daughter and she became a Shotliff as well. But they were all from Minnesota and a family band. Um, and I definitely base a lot of my characterizations and my accent on what I know from them. Well, the other day, during our one of our last dress rehearsals, they called to let us know that they were in Sevierville, and uh, they ended up getting to come see the show. Oh, I was just going to ask you, is that cool? Well, you have to send them the link after we do the show, because we'll tell them we mentioned them on the show as I, well. So what do they think about the, your actions? They loved it. They mm -hmm. loved it. It was great. Yeah. Now, even when they sing, or when you sing, are you singing with, a, singing with an accent as well? Yes, I do. <clears throat> and so back to uh, Kirsten's role in this, um, was that tough also to have to direct the play with people with different accents or keep them in, in the accent? Um, no, not really. They all picked it up really easily. Um, and at first it just made everything more funny, mm -hmm. you know, knowing all of these people and knowing what their accents actually are. Because I can see Carol, who I'm friendly with, I can see her doing, you know, the accent too. And I've seen her do different things with accents. But that's, um, you know, to me, it would be hard enough to act regularly, but to <laughs> also have to, you know, act with an accent. It's like two, you mentioned two, so you've done choreography as well? Yes, so, I actually did choreography for the show. I was going to ask you. So um, there is some, I guess, movement in, in the show. Um, how How is getting them to move how is that part of the process uh, i usually start with start with choreography first because it, it tends to be the thing that actors have the hardest time picking up um but all in all it went really well i think uh i had a great dance captain virginia Forshee, who is uh she oh 
who was one of our interns this year. Okay, because it reminds me of what you said. I was in a musical review several years ago, and it was just a fundraiser, and we had like three days to put it on. And so the very last thing we did was choreography, and everybody's bumping into each other. It was embarrassing. It was a fundraiser, so we weren't professionals at it. But to have like an hour of you know instruction and choreography at the end of the thing, it was kind of difficult to pick it up, you know. Yeah. And especially got I'm not a dancer. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm not. And you know, <laughs> so it was just hysterical. Everybody's bumping into each other, you know, all during the time. And I imagine too, Will, even as as an actor, um, do you have a preference as to what kinds of roles you like? Because I, I've seen you in a very wide range of stuff. Do you like drama, musicals? Do you have a preference? Mm, I haven't gotten to do a straight play in a long time. That would be fun. Uh, well, I guess I did. I did Book of Will last year. Right. At heart. Right. I forgot about it. Yeah, I do. I do enjoy straight play. And Book of Will especially was a really neat process because uh, so Dylan was the other lead and uh, Dylan Giles and he was in Wedding Singer and Wedding right. Singer got postponed because we had a COVID outbreak. And that meant that Book of Will got postponed. I remember. And yeah. So. And I was working at SART on Wedding Singer with Dylan. And so Dylan and I showed up together. And when we showed up, the cast had already gotten costumes. The set was already there. The blocking was already done. Um, and so it was Dylan and I just had to learn the show really quick. That was a really neat way to do a show, to just show up and have it be ready, ready to go. Um, but but as for preference, I mean, I, I like to sing. I like to sing a lot. Um, so I and I like the kind of uh, fantastical world of a musical. Mm -hmm. You sing to Julian? Do both of you sing to Julian? A lot. We both oh, yes. do. Julian okay. And do you think he'll be a performer? You said maybe mu musical aspects? If, if he so desires, if that is his that is his choice in life and that's what he can do he well, loves I, he loves what he loves watching it performance mm -hmm. so. well and i asked uh kirsten uh, before but will same thing too um as a kid did you grow up as a performer did i yes um both of my parents were some kind of arts majors in college um and did theater in college and then did community theater while I was a kid. My first show was a show that they were doing um, and they needed some extra kids to shoot super soakers in. And so I got to do that. That was my first role was to run in through the radio station set and fire a super soaker. And Wait, what was it? What was the show? It was, it's a show called Clayville. It was a, it was kind of like greater tuna about a okay. small town in Texas. Your folks had many roles in it. Was that the idea behind it? Um, I I specifically remember that both of my parents played the two little old ladies. So my dad was one of the <laughs> little old ladies and my mom was the other one. And my dad shot a gun on stage. He had a rifle that fired blanks. Um, That's a question. Was, Let me ask Kirsten and I'll ask you both, uh, Will as well. But that must really be tough in terms of doing like two shows at, at once or even sometimes three you know learning and whatever what's most Kirsten you ever did at one time you know in role and then rehearsal another and have you ever done a bunch of uh, that one time two. I think Wedding Singer was the first time that we did two things at once I did uh 
We were in Hunchback as we started Wedding Singer, oh. and we were doing costumes for that one. Okay, because uh, you know, I think I went to ask Dylan, and he once was in three at one time. You know, he was in a show and then rehearsal another, and starting reading the third one. And I think I can top that now. What? Oh, yeah. I said I think I can top that now. I was in that interview and I couldn't top it then, but I think I can now. Oh, really? Because, because it last went last fall. Um, I cost we costumed Frankenstein rubrics and was in Assassins and what else? Sart. Anyway, oh, we did a season reveal mm-hmm. for Sart. There's I feel like there's a fourth one. Okay, that would be a record. You'd be the first one I know to four. Oh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. But anyway, but but the point I, I one day I had to be at all four of those places in one day, I remember. Oh my goodness. And they're not real some of them are not real close to each other. Oh, it was that it was Montford was the other one. I wasn't working at Montford, but we were getting costumes from Montford. That's what it was. I didn't actually work at four shows, but I was at four theaters in one day. And talk about that because I'm not I didn't know you you folks were involved in that as well, the costuming aspect of shows. And Kirsten, you said that's that kind of been your background, costuming. Yes. Okay. And how do you f- get involved in that? Um, well, I auditioned for the musical theater department first uh, and didn't make that, but we did get, I did get into just the theater program. And one of the requirements at Sam is you had to do the cruise. So you had to do costuming or box office or set building and I chose costuming first and I loved it so much that I took all of the classes and ended up majoring in it. Okay. And so you've done costuming for other shows, have done for other shows that saw it as well? Yes. Yes. And what costumes did you do? I did church basement ladies and uh wedding singer. But I feel like I've done more than that. I guess I helped a lot with the costumes on hunchback. Mm-hmm. And you did um, I think you're, in I've the same year you did you did uh, Parkway Playhouse. I did, stuff. yes. And when you mentioned it, I'm just thinking back to um, one play, the um, that the uh, wedding singer costumes were pretty cool in that show. You know, um, Will I guess in Hunchback you just put him in a, a white garb and you know that's all that's all that he needed and, and yeah. fit, fit right in. And so, Will, that's kind of interesting. You you've done um, costuming also. Yes. Yeah, so Wedding Singer was my first full show to costume. Um, the first show I ever costumed was the most blank time of year at the Magnetic Theater, which was the Christmas show in 20 in the winter of 2021, uh, which Aaron McCarson wrote. Uh, and it called for the family to have replicas of the finale costumes from uh, White Christmas. And so that was my job was to build the finale costumes from White Christmas for two women and two men. Um, so the, the uh, Vera Allen and uh, Rosemary Clooney mm-hmm. dresses and then the Danny Kay and Bing Crosby. Well, yeah, unfortunately, I, I think I missed that one. But let me put you both on the spot, too. In terms of working together, you aside from being married to each other, you also worked together in quite a bunch of, of shows. Is that a statement? Did you do that before you came to start as well? Had you worked together? 
Uh, we did Footloose together at ACT. And uh, actually, when we met, we did graphic design together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we worked together for a, about a year. I worked at a graphic company as the art room director, and we hired Kirsten to work as a graphic designer there. I've always wondered in terms of uh, acting and, and directing and performing together, what's it like? In, in other words, um, especially Will having to take direction from your wife, you know, um, is that a, a learning experience or how, what's that like? It has been for this show, for sure. And it's, and it's also another interesting part of the dynamic is that I am the managing artistic director at SART. And so like I'm trying to keep the theater brand in mind, but also take direction and be respectful. And it it's it has been a learning experience. You talk about being the artistic director now. Is that the first time you've ever done anything like that as well? Sort of. Um it's the first time I've done that job, but I've done many, I've done all of the parts of the job disparately in other jobs. Um but it is the first time I've, it's the first time I've worked in any kind of uh, administrative position for a theater, for sure. And for the folks who don't know what a um, artistic director does in two and a half hours or less, what's your mm -hmm. job entail? Uh, well, so I'm one of, at SART, we have the senior artistic director, which is Chelsea Gaddy over me. And then I'm the managing artistic director. Um, and what my job entails is managing the day-to-day -day operations of the theater um, and kind of being quality control for the shows that we're putting out and being the uh, campground counselor for our <laughs> industry. And I mean, it's, it's, it's many, many things. Um, well, just make sure it goes you also get a pair of roller skates for for doing those uh many jobs because I, was I had roller skates i would expect a better paycheck <laughs> <laughs> okay i i find that hard to believe and talk also about jobs in theater because i think you're a good example of that and kirsten um something i i kind of encourage people to do but they don't listen to me half the time but to also be a stage manager you know for a show because i guess and will's a good example of it that if you want to get ahead in theater, I guess, and, and you're a good example too, Kirsten, it's a good idea if you do a bunch of things. Would you say that's true? You know, yeah. because if you're just relying on being an actor, I guess you have limited availabilities just right. being an actor. So what what else? Just you've done costuming, you've done out directing the first time, you've done props, you've done other kinds of things. Anything else you've done in terms of your theater background? No. Wigs. Prosthetic makeup. That's true, oh. but I feel like that's related to uh, costuming. Oh. All. Okay. Uh, but yes. Uh, and nice. all the things you've done, you mentioned choreography is what? Which would you say choreography is is the favorite? Yes. Yeah. How about also uh, two other things too? I don't know if you had this thought. Uh, fight choreography is all of a sudden a, a big thing. Um, I guess magnetic would oftentimes have fight choreography uh, scenes. Have we done any of that at, at SOT? Um, we haven't yet this season, but we will for our last show. It has a big, big fight. Okay. Um, 
and then Kirsten Kirsten is the regular choreographer and uh Jared Schultz oh, sure. and are going to come and do the fight choreography for it and teach our interns a master class in fight choreography. And what's that show? Golden Boy of the Blue Ridge. Oh, that's that show where that is. Yeah, but Jared is like the, the guy for uh, fight yeah. choreography. And another position, Kirsten, I wasn't familiar with, but all of a sudden now a lot of theaters now have or shows have intimacy. Um, uh, what do they call them? Intimacy, intimacy co- coordinators or choreographers? Manner, I think, or directors, yeah. Yeah. Have you been involved? In, have you had any intimacy coordinators and in anything at all? Uh, yes, we had Hannah come teach something, right? Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Hannah. Ethan did it actually. Uh, oh. But we did. Yes, my the the scene in Hunchback where I had to um, physically overpower the okay. actor playing Esmeralda and. Uh, Yes, we had an intimacy coordinator for that. Did you enjoy playing a villain? I do, but I did not like that scene. Um, I liked all the rest of that show, but I didn't like having to do that scene. Uh, I didn't know that scene existed because it's not in the Disney version of the musical. Um, And so I didn't know until we got to rehearsal that I was going to have to do that stuff. And so, yeah. Didn't enjoy it, but it was helpful for sure to have it be choreographed, all the movements and everything, so that it could kind of be mechanical. So after the show, let's talk a little bit about what's in store for both of you, aside from raising your up-and-coming actor son, you know, uh, Julian, and he's been great um, uh, so far tonight. What's um, coming down the road for both of you in terms of thought and elsewhere, um, like after the show? Um, well, I am teaching some dance classes and I will be eventually going back for my master's. We're hoping that, or I'm hoping that happens by next year, uh, and mainly start stuff for me. And dance classes you're teaching or what? I am teaching ballroom classes, beginner ballroom classes and hoop dance classes. Very cool. At Mars Hill? Mm-hmm. Okay. And folks want to get more information about those classes. How do they get it? Um, well, I imagine we'll have them on our website sometime soon. It's going to be part of our fall programming. Okay, so it'll all come on this thought. And talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that as well, Will. So in terms of after the show, you have one more show coming up. You mentioned fall programming. I think we were talking off the air. It was kind of interesting. You're moving in a different direction than a lot of other theaters do. Is that you're going to have a lot of camps and programs for kids. I guess that's the plan. We're, we're going to try and develop some kind of after-school programming for the fall because our start season is the summertime. And so our hope is to have some sort of after-school programming in the fall and the spring, uh, as well as community adult classes and things like that to, to do for start to exist as classes during its off-season, basically. And I think you've done right. Some of them you've done in the past. You've offered some courses, which I, I thought was kind of cool. Um, so in general, folks want to find out more about SOT specifically, Southern Appalachian Repertory Theater, best bet is to do what? Uh, SARTplays.com is, is our website. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well and TikTok. Um, but the, our website is, you know, current and it's where you can buy 
tickets and find synopses about the shows and see what's coming up, etc. Volunteer. And volunteer, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, and mention thanks, uh, Kirsten, for mentioning that. It, folks want to volunteer in the theater. You'll put them to work. What kinds of things do you have that your volunteers do? Uh, we have them do, it depends on what their uh, talents are. We take people in the costume shop. We take carpenters. Um, we have. We also take people who usher. Mm-hmm. Most of our volunteers are. volunteer in the form of ushering. Yes. So we need volunteers in all departments. Okay. And one of the nice things about being an usher at SOD, very impressive, uh, you also get a very lovely, you get to wear a very lovely vest. So, <laughs> you know, it's very cool, you know, and, and I'll, I'll give you a compliment. One other thing that you do, which, you know, I personally enjoy, but talk about this because I just think it's cool that you do it, that after every show, I really like it that you guys come out afterward. Is that kind of a regular thing or is it just an ad hoc basis? You know, where you come out, the people can say hello to you and, and greet you. Every show I've ever been in at SART, we've done it. And so now we do it. <laughs> um do you enjoy doing that yeah i love to i love to go meet the people i think it's cool because it used to be you know, it used to be they didn't do that and i thought it was or you have to wait by the stage door you know and people mm-hmm. come come out but it's so nice you're in the lobby it's just kind of fun that you get to greet the cast and and tell you the great job you do and anyway i want to thank you both for being my guests on this blaine's world podcast I'd also like to thank, if you can tell him tomorrow morning when you see him, you can tell Julian to um, thank him as well. And I look forward to seeing you. And we'll, I'll have you repeat that advice. If they want to see this current show, Church mm-hmm. Basement Ladies, best bet is especially to get tickets if they want to go on, on what performances are, are really sold out or getting close to sold out. Saturday afternoon is very close to sold out. The Saturday matinee is very close to sold out. Conversely, the Saturday evening has a lot of seats, and we would love for you to come on Saturday evening. Friday evening also has a lot of seats. So if you're trying to choose a night when there's not going to be a crowd, I would choose Friday or Saturday night. And what's so Um, funny, because I think I've told you I love matinees, and usually the matinees aren't, it's not they're well attended, but sometimes they're not well attended, especially a Saturday matinee. Very few people do it. I guess I'll have Kirsten just address one final question by the fact that you have a pretty intense schedule when you're putting on a show. In other words, even preparing for it, how long were how long a period were the rehearsals? How many weeks? Two weeks. Wow. You know, other Two theaters. Weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, but I mean that's pretty intense. So for two weeks, I mean other theaters have a six week window, eight week window, you know, ten week mm-hmm. window. Two weeks is pretty intense to get a show ready mm-hmm. and then also um even the performing schedule how is that kirsten for your actors to have to do i guess especially on saturday they have to do two shows is that tough for actors yes absolutely yes yeah. it can really be rough um as one of the actors i can confirm yeah. <laughs> especially a musical if i guess you're singing too but that's a very intense schedule to do five shows in a very Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for a short period of time. And it must be tough too that the show you're only in and out for two weeks. And will that you mentioned the, the last show of the season, same thing. Will that also be two weeks or three weeks? We'll rehearse for two weeks and then the show runs for two weeks. So okay. we we start rehearsal tomorrow and we open on July 20th. Okay, that's a very intense performing schedule. And so you're rehearsing. Well, you're directing this one, right? The, I'm directing one. this one. Yeah, I'm in the one that's on right now as the pastor, but okay. I'm directing Golden Boy 
so just just a little bit busy. Anyway, I'd like to thank you both for being my guests on this edition of Blaine's World Podcast. Also, I'd like to thank my uh, producer, Cappy Tassetti. And we look forward to seeing you. Thanks for the recommendation on Saturday. And I'm sure you'll be amazing as always. And Kirsten, especially to see your directing debut. That's kind of exciting. So I want to say goodbye to you guys. Say Do me a favor. Say goodbye to Julian also or Graham in the morning. And I'll sign off and say with me one second after I sign off. Thanks, guys. Thank